Hey everyone, how are you doing? My name is Ricky Rigolato, the founder of Route the Service Platform. It's a sales platform for the commercial cleaning services industry. I am also the owner of Rosalato Services, a family-owned commercial cleaning company. So welcome to Cleaning and Cocktails, a show where I get the opportunity to sit down with cleaning industry experts and share stories, talk shop about the industry. So grab your cocktail, listen in, and I hope you guys enjoy the show. myself the honor of having some some great individuals in the cleaning industry um, they've got some great software solutions uh, you guys probably know their names already and know the, the brand but I've got Mike Brown um, from Swept I have Caden Hutchins from Intelligent so I wanted to really just kick off the conversation with you know thank you guys for joining me I don't know if this has ever really been done before where you know some people could say we're competitors but I definitely don't think that I think we're all something that we can collaborate with each other and the users and the audience is going to see the benefit of putting the three of us together like this and talking shop. So, uh, Katie, I'll start with you. Why don't you start off and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about Clean Intelligent. Um, and yeah, take it away, man. For sure. So, um, I'm not the founder of Clean Intelligent. Uh, that is uh, definitely uh, long before my time actually going to Clean Intelligent. Uh, I've been with Clean Intelligent for about six and a half years so. And uh, our founding group, the Jenkins family, they're um, the parents and the two brothers, Joseph and Mike, um, they started a cleaning business back in the 70s and 80s. Um, and there are still a franchise actually that exists today um, in the Mountain West area. But Clean Intelligent was born uh, about 2003 um, and actually went to market and trade shows and things like that starting around 2006. Um, so this year, this summer actually will be 17 years in business. Um, so it's been, uh, it's been an interesting journey. Um, as for myself, um, I definitely, uh, my route coming to Clean Intelligent and to the position of, of president is very unique and uh, a little strange, actually, I would uh, openly say. But um, at the same time, um, it's been a truly rewarding experience. It's been super fun uh, to just jump in from a technology standpoint in an industry um, honestly, to this day, that is still very far behind. You know, you can compare, there's three of us right here on this call, um, and we represent a good portion of just even technology that exists in this industry, you know, compared to the payment processing space where you have like 1500 companies in the United yeah. States alone that, that compete against each other. So uh, obviously, you know, here we are as evidence is very small uh, technology usage and adoption in this industry to begin with. Uh, but clean intelligent really, uh, um, through the years has gone through many different uh, focuses actually um, and as of recent uh, just kind of pulling the reins back and making sure we we may remain uh, true to kind of what our core foundation is that we decided to focus on back in 2016 that's actually when I first stepped up into uh, an executive role at Clean Intelligent and um, I said we're focused on too many things um, and we can actually follow the pathway of uh, a couple other softwares, not even in our own industry. And if we're going to focus on just a bunch of different things, we're not going to do a single thing well. Um, we're just going to have things that uh, we keep uh, doing everything a customer requests. And so I pulled the reins back and I was like, we are the quality control platform and let's stick to it. If it doesn't follow our, our scope of what our job family is meant to be solving, um, then that's someone else's um, issue that they are more than welcome to solve. And so 
we pulled some things off the market. We decided to get really focused. Um, and, and honestly, the last like four or five years, we've felt, um, and it, not that it didn't move out of this phase, but getting right back to the gritty startup mindset phase, the, that bloodthirsty entrepreneurial mindset has been awesome. And um, among that conversation, you know, we started, uh, you guys started popping up in the space and I was like, oh, finally, you know, the more software that's out there, the more people will actually get it because before software comes around, they're sticking to manual processes, pen and paper, uh, which is still a fight today. I know that sounds crazy to modern technology businesses, but you know, um, but yeah, that's, that's clean intelligence history. That's our brand. Something we focused on as of late is just what does it mean to be clean intelligent? And that's uh, kind of where we've been focusing. So. Awesome, man. Thank you. We're going to, we're going to get, get into a lot of that throughout the program. I, I got a funny story actually that I'll let Mike, you get into everything first, but um, I remember Caden's name when I first got into actually using technology for Rosalado's side. And it's crazy because at that point, I want to say you were the customer success or account executive or something where I, we definitely want to hear a little bit about that story of how you moved up the ranks because you're right, you're young, sure. <laughs> you know, we're, we're all young here, but that's, that's crazy, right? Um, sure. Mike, take it away, my friend. Yeah, so um, basically I built and sold a few service companies. So like a bit about me before jumping into sweat, but um, one of those was a cleaning company. And that's really how I kind of got on this journey. So um, what we were really trying to solve, it's kind of like, what is swept? What do we do? I think the best way to understand it is like, what are we solving for? And so when I owned my cleaning company, uh, I would go in and sell a contract and I put my name on it, my word, I tell them we're gonna do a great job. And then, you know, a few months later, they call me because our cleaner wasn't showing up and I didn't know about it. And that made me sick. Like I just, I was embarrassed, I, I hated it. So I really set out to build something that would allow me to understand and manage my business, my cleaning business when everyone's remote. So, you know, I remember waiting and, you know, just kind of at 10, 11 in the morning, like if someone had called a complaint, we didn't, we missed a garbage can or something went wrong. And so like swept, yes, we have check-in, check-out, geofence, uh, inspection, supply management, scheduling, all of these other things. But at the core of it, I wanted to be able to look at my phone at any point in time and know, did someone not show up? Are my contracts, you know, at risk? Is there something going on? Do I need to action something? Like where are the fires so I can put them out? And, um, that's really what we've, what we focused on. And, you know, I went from one city to a second to a third as a cleaning company sold that. Cause I realized, um, the software is really what this industry needs. Like it didn't need another, you know, cleaning company it needed the cleaning companies need help. And, you know, as you guys mentioned it, it is kind of strange, you know, people at first will think like, Oh, these three software companies, they compete. Well, I don't think we do in a lot of ways. In fact, at the end of the day, there's more people on pen and paper we need to educate. We need to be thought leaders and bring people and show them there is a better path. Um, you know, yeah, in years from now, either we're going to be partnered or we'll be working against each other, you know, in terms of competitive, but they need us to be competitive. They need us to be growing and be out there, the whole industry. So I think it's awesome. So just thanks, Ricky, for putting this together. I am, and I just, I like talking to you guys. I like talking about technology and there's just not a lot of, there is not a lot of solutions. Katie, you nailed it. You probably know more than you know, both of us here is there's been, even in the seven years I've been in business, 
I, I could name on one hand the software companies that I looked up, researched, and figured out, hey, I need that one, I don't need that one, I'm too small for that, I'm too big for that. But like in a quick, like in a one sentence description, I could tell people is we are, we truly are not competitors because if you look at it, I solve sales, right? Front end, Kaden, you guys do quality control on a whole other level, right? Mike, I use Swept right now, right? For the main reason is communication. You know, so like here's three elements right here in this conversation of, you know, we're all solving a certain solution that, and there's probably four or five other ones still in the day-to-day -day business operations of cleaning companies. It's crazy that people think cleaning is so easy. Once you get in the thick of it, man, there is a lot of moving pieces to own a cleaning Totally. So no. let's jump to, um, and you guys kind of touched on it. I don't Mike, you really gave us a good story. Both of you guys did too, is yep. what made, you know, Mike, we'll start with you. What made you truly say, I'm going to develop a software. I want to get into the technology solution space. Hey, did you know about engineering? Did you know what a startup was? Did you know what you were getting yourself into? I had no idea what I was getting myself into, to be quite honest. Uh, I'm non-technical. So we really built this product around me because um, people are scared uh, and concerned. You know, is it going to be complicated? You know, I, I you know, is it going to slow me down? I don't have time to learn because I'm trying to put out fires. And, and so for me, it was just, it was really that, that idea. I want to make an impact more so than on my, my city. You know, I wanted, you know, Ricky, you and I did a, a webinar recently. And at the beginning, people were tuning in saying hi from South Africa. You know, there are people in, in Europe. And I, I think for me, there was this kind of twofold. I'd already built and sold a couple companies. Um, I was seeing the success from using software that nobody else had. And so for me, it's like, we were already kind of building that technology. So the, the shift from switching from a cleaning company over, we were already running it. And I was already seeing, I had people, competitors calling me and saying, you know, what is this software? You know, it's not fair. I lost a client to you. And I was like, this is bizarre behavior. And it, I just realized that the industry was asking for it basically. So I, I feel like in some ways I didn't really have a choice once it was kind of uncovered you know, we had to just run with it. Nice, nice. Caden, so get back to that, you know, the, what was your first job at Clean Intelligent? Like what, what drew you to a technology space or a technology company in the cleaning space? You know, give us a little bit of backdrop on, on that. <clears throat> um, well, I, growing up, I loved the blue collar uh, work. I just loved getting my hands dirty, whether it was construction uh, projects, whatever it was. And so going into the technology space and I actually started as the executive assistant to the, the CEO of clean intelligent. And um, I was doing a lot more uh, personal things, things related to um, his agenda, but also as he would involve me in business, I was like, man, technology is just the place to be. Now, uh, Clean Intelligence nestled right in the Silicon Slopes of uh, Utah with, you know, four or 5,000 tech companies here now and in, in the Valley. Um, and so I was just like, you know, this is a, a space to be in and to get used to and to figure out uh, some problems um, to get into. So it necessarily wasn't uh, perhaps cleaning, uh, the cleaning nation and technology focus on that. I just loved the opportunity to understand technology better from product management and all of those things. So I decided just to, to jump in 
And uh, I was the executive assistant for about a year and a half. And uh, Mike, who was the CEO at the time, I was just like, look, I am so much more invested into the actual product instead of just supporting you as an executive, which has been great, cool opportunity. Um, and so I actually became the director of sales and marketing after a short while. Um, and I just dove right in learning about the industry. And I was just like, man, this industry is old school. This is the coolest opportunity <laughs> to bring technology um, to, to light um, when, um, you know, there, there's been moments, honestly, straight up, I felt like Einstein with some of the <laughs> solutions. You're just, because they're just like, what? And it's just, it's one of those things that uh, just puts a smile to, to my face. You know, I often think about technology companies, you know, when Apple started uh, decades ago, um, and you're just like, man, what it would have been like, or for Google, what would it have been like to be at the beginning stages of their industry? And uh, so I just ate it up. I was like, but that's exactly what technology is for the cleaning industry. You know, they're 10, 15, 20 years behind in some aspects, we may think. And um, it's great to be a part of. And so, you know, um, that's, that's really what kind of got me uh, super excited about jumping in um, and, you know, putting blood, sweat and tears against becoming the best leader I could be to become the best uh, tech leader in the sense of understanding how it works and uh, how to work with development. Um, developers think very differently than typically your, oh, yeah. your visionary executives. And, and you know, it's just um, kind of going on both levels of um, finding out how to fine tune that, make that work has been such a awesome roller coaster to be on. So. Yeah, man, I gotta say, I know, I share your sentiments. I'm sure Mike, you do too. It's, it's been crazy. You know, I even think back when I went to the first ISSA show, when I took my team to the show here in Chicago, they could not have believed how big the show is, you know, and how many different, well, more so manufacturers, chemical companies, you know, they, they, they definitely spend the money to, to, to make a big wall factor, right? Um, yeah. But I, I, so a lot of the purpose of this show too, for you guys, I, I, I'm assuming you guys really understand is the small business, right? We are, we are looking to empower a small business, a medium-sized business, not to say that we can't be a solution for the large business out, businesses out there, but it's the small business mom and pop shop. It's the small business, 10 employees, 15, 50, even 100 employees, right? They are still just catching on to technology, right? They're just turning the, just turning the, the timesheets into actual, you know, using ADP, struggling with QuickBooks. But I feel like that the more modern we make our software and we develop it, everybody's going to use it they're going to see the need for it, right? So what, a question I wanted to ask you guys is, do you consider your, yourself, you know, Mike, we'll start with you, is do you consider yourself a visionary or a pragmatic? Hmm. Um, that's kind of, it's an interesting question. So when SWEP was founded, it's kind of backing off what Caden was just sharing, like the initial reaction to technology uh, and especially with SWEP where you can communicate with your cleaners in a hundred different languages and stuff like that. People are like, I don't want to talk to my cleaners. This is only four or five years ago. And I, I remember we went to ISSA um, and it was the first time as the plane was landing, I downloaded our app for the first time in, in, in the Apple store because we've been using our own version. It wasn't the Apple store for our cleaning company. And so it was actually live and we're, we were in our booth at ISSA and everyone's like, yeah, no, I don't want to talk to my cleaners. And, and I'd ask them, what software are you using? Well, we use QuickBooks. I'm like, 
I get it. Like accounting is important, but how are you like managing your team? How are you connecting quality control? All these other things. Like, how are you doing it? Pen and paper. Now, a year ago at ISSA, people were walking up to me and saying, I've got five apps. I've got this one to talk to people. I've got this one for inspections. I got this one for that. And so now in such a short period of time, people have just flipped. And so, you know, kind of getting back to your question, am I a visionary? Like I, it's a weird thing to, to say that, but realistically what we created disrupted like the industry, people were not ready for it. They were not even willing. And now they're just starting to catch up. So I feel like we were, we were a couple of years too early, to be honest. Um, there's stuff we're working on now that I think is going to have the same kind of impact. Um, but I think people are more ready. The other side of it is you have to have the nuts and bolts for the business. Just having something that's like super fascinating or interesting or different, there needs to be meat on it. So these small businesses, they, they need to have uh, a solution that allows them to do a number of things, um, at least in a specific area of their company, right? It can't be a bell and whistle. It has to be, there has to be some meat to it. Yeah. Great. That's an awesome, awesome answer, Mike. I mean, that the fact that you can do multi-language and think, yeah, you're, you nailed it with, you don't think it's possible, but nothing is impossible, right? I yep. mean, Caden, you guys, I mean, 2003, you said, you guys are way ahead, way ahead of the curve on a lot of the things you guys are probably working on. What, so I could say this for you and for, for the, the founders of the company too, or just the, the company culture as a whole. Because I, I got to say, I love the name, right? It always stuck to me, Clean Intelligent. It's like a perfect name. Um, but how do you do, maybe not just yourself, but you and the core executives of the company and the, the founders, you guys got to be considered selfish leaders, right? Because you got to be one of the first that were out there. Yeah. Um, and it's really fun to live in the visionary space. And I think it's more often not that our development uh, department and teams pull us to the pragmatist side of uh, those things and just like, okay, maybe that's a few years down the road. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, especially our ownership group and uh, myself, it's just, it's fun and it's, it's a great space to be in um, for myself. I love being that visionary and trying to build up the mission and, and how it ties in. Um, and yeah, I, I get pulled back to reality, uh, probably daily by my development team. But um, no, I, there's moments where they've taught me how to be uh, better at, you know, let's be realistic. Let's understand strategy and purpose. And, you know, Clean Intelligent, it wasn't just about uh, having an idea as the leader. It was, um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the book. It's uh, called Multipliers by Liz Wiseman. And uh, it's a leadership book. And it just, it really talks about um, not always being the idea person as one of the things that a diminisher does is always come forward with the ideas. And in the beginning stages of being a leader, um, I was full of ideas, trying to execute that vision. And then I realized that was the totally wrong way to go about doing it. Um, and the team needed buy-in and to help understand uh, principally what we're trying to accomplish and to focus on the job to be done, not the feature to be built. And uh, that's, that's kind of where now it's a, it's a mix between the two. Okay, you know what, that's a perfect segue to, you know, Mike, you come from owning a cleaning business, you know, Katie, you've been in, the, in this role so long, they owned, you know, the founders of the cleaning business. I feel that, that that's got to say something for our, our companies and our solutions in a place that we're, we're really trying to innovate this industry is yeah. we, we talk to talk, we can walk the walk, we've been in your shoes, we know your pain points so, so very well is 
you know, why not us? You know, why not our companies be the companies that create innovation and maybe not necessarily disrupt all the time, but improve? Because a lot, you know, there's a lot of businesses in our space I've noticed when I'm talking to them, you know, especially me with, you know, Rick, what the hell is a digital walkthrough? What are you trying to digitize? What the hell am I, I know I need pen and paper. I need pen and paper. This, so it's like, they're so used to doing certain things. It is going to take a while to educate. It is going to take a while to say, you know, you can text in one format and it pumps out another language back to you, right? Quality control. Like there's so many things we're innovating right now. What, what do you, what's the number one thing that either pops up in your head, Caden, or that you say, this is why I love doing what I do in this, in the innovation space. Um, one thing I love about innovation is you can't just do it once. It, um, you know, Clean Intelligent, uh, looking back at times where we've won ISSA Innovation Awards, some of them are for products that no longer exist. And it's, it's really interesting um, to be in that position because um, innovation is a constant evolution of uh, the next thing. Um, innovation's never done because um, once, you, once you start it, um, you're, you got a journey ahead of you to constantly listen to, to users gather feedback, innovate on the next job to be done that they're trying to solve um, and see if it fits in within the, the mission that you're trying to solve and to promote. So I just love that innovation is, is never a one-stop shop, uh, one-time deal. It's a constant every day, a new idea that technology can come out and in a day that completely wipes out uh, a need for another industry or service. You know, you can go all the way back to you know, CDs used to be a thing when I was a kid. I yeah. even still remember cassette tapes, yeah. right? And you're just like, both of those MP3 players, all those are gone. And now it's just, oh, no, it's your cell phone, you know? So yeah. Yeah, innovation is a constant. Mike, what about you? I think for me, what I love about innovation is, is the aha moment. It's watching and experience people who may have been kind of concerned or, or, or scared uh, have that success. So I view software solutions regardless of, of what people want to use like it's an equalizer so as you said this is about you know our business this industry is about small business you know the top five companies are only taking about six percent of the total revenue which means this industry is all mom and pops so you have someone sign up and they go out and they win an rfp because they use technology to look more relevant and more professional than the large company that to me that when they're like oh my goodness so you, you can help them win a contract and you help them maintain it. It changes their entire lifestyle. It, and for me, um, it's kind of, you know, it's, it, it's, it's about innovation, but it's about the user. It's about the person experiencing that innovation to me is yeah. the most exciting. Oh yeah. yeah no, yeah. Great answers guys. I've watched you grow. I'll just say again, like you, you have your cleaning company as well and you guys have grown at such an incredible rate. It's like, it's insane. I mean, and it's because of your mindset and you, you've leveraged technology to, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe you probably were kind of like hitting above your weight at first. And then you grew, you literally grew into it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I felt that pain a couple times, two times over. I felt that pain, <laughs> but I gotta say guys, I, it's innovation is, is just, man, it drives me, right? Like I, I got two store or two stories or two points is, you know, it was, and I came, I think I touched on this when we talked at one point, but it was, it's crazy to see when I was, I think it was like 
six months, nine, nine months ago, I fell out of an RFP for this large retailer uh, client. And I have done many of these before. And as I'm going through everything, I see crew intelligence name. And I'm like, what, the, what does this have to do? This is, I'm putting a cleaning bit in here. What does this have to do with this? They're, they were telling me that I had to use Clean Intelligent in order to perform, the, you know, to, to win their contract and perform services because Clean Intelligent for them was a puzzle of the business for them and their clients, right? Yeah. Amazing. That's innovation, right? And then, sure. like, one of our largest clients, you know, this has probably been the third facility manager that comes into the role. And then he comes in and he's been, he's been around the block. He's been in the industry for a while. And he's like, Rick, how are you able to operate in 13 states? Like, how do you know what they're doing in Philadelphia? I'm like, well, you know, technology. They're like, no, 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 no. Well, how? That doesn't explain it. What do you mean? He's like, technology is like Gmail or something like that. I'm like, I've got this app that, you know, look at it. And I've shown it to him too. I was like, see, our, that green guy, that, that he's clocked in right now. It's working. Come on. There's got to be some yeah. privacy, privacy issues there. I'm like, no, it's just, you know, it's called time and attendance. <laughs> but it's like those types of, of experiences, and I'm, I'm hoping the audience hears this and sees, like, this is how important technology is. So this kind of yeah. goes to the next question of, we're not saying that technology is going to eliminate everything. And, you know, everything is going to be at a touch of a button. Because, correct me if I'm wrong, you know, Caden, we'll start with you, is, do you think technology can solve all problems or what do you, what do you say to the people that say you still need human element? You still need a human touch. This is a very good point. Um, the human element always has to be there. Um, that's fundamental to our human to human interaction. I believe technology's mission is to make that human to human interaction more intimate and more personable. And uh, technology is to solve problems that get in the way of us as human to humans connecting. It's never meant to replace human to human interactions. It's meant to, it's meant to get the busy work off to the side, off to the somewhere else. Because at the end of the day, set aside business. You know, our loved ones, our family, our friendships are the most important things that should matter to us in life. And I believe technology's role is meant to have that be the most influential focus of what we should be um, working towards. Yep. Nailed it. Mike, you got to follow that up now. I know, right? <laughs> it's a pre perfect, you know, like setup for us because it's, it's why we exist. Humans are a must. You know, when I owned my cleaning company, we had uh, a virtual assistant who she was our cleaner happiness manager. She called cleaners on their birthdays, uh, you know, and swept it, you can put a sad face or a happy face, you get a cleaner mood. So she would reach out to people if they're unhappy. She like every, this is a, a business for humans. And, you know, as Caden said, there's certain things that technology can assist with, but it's really about connecting. You know, we have people who play games, which again, our product was not built for this, but they'll hide a poker chip in someone's office. And you know, they might have a, a team of a number of cleaners going in. And they'll say, whoever finds the poker chip tonight, it's 25 bucks. Or they'll, they'll play different games and they interact on the message board with the cleaners. Your whole team's remote. It, retention is such a challenge in this industry. So if you can find a way to talk to your, your team, engage them, share funny news or updates or jokes, like technology, um, yeah, like you cannot take away that human element. Um, you, you look at COVID and all the things that are happening. 
um, humans are extremely important. We need to be working on the the high, you know, touch points, the areas, and you know, let the robots clean other areas, but the, the area where you need to use your brain and, and focus, um, let's let's create that space. And humans are not going away in the cleaning industry, not for yeah. a very, very long time. You know, we won't guys, see that, gentlemen. No, no, definitely not. And you know what? Uh, this just reminded me too, Kate, and you touched on the good point where, you know, we're so, as a business operator, a small business operator, you know, even I can remember the days at the beginning when I started, I was working 18, 20 hour days. Uh, it was me and my wife, my, my cousin, right? It's, it was long winded days. And it's when I started to implement technology that I started to get some of that time back, right? And I, I had people helping me, you know, QuickBooks, I used to do the invoicing in Word document, right? QuickBooks helped, you know, make that go faster. Time and attendance was done by people text messaging me and telling me, hey, I, hey, I got here, hey, I'm gone. So what does that do? That makes me have to stay up late to make sure that a restaurant bar that gets cleaned at three in the morning to 6 a.m., I gotta make sure at 6 a.m. be clocked out, right? Which, through a text. So it's things like that, that that's a good part of, it brings your life back, your work-life balance. A, a business operator, you never stop working, but you can use these tools that we've built to get your job done faster and get, get back to your family, right? You know, one of the other things, Rick, I'll share on this is something, again, the fun thing about innovating is you create something, you put it out there, and people use it differently, right? And I'm sure you see this, Caden, that you, you build with this, with this intent that someone's going to do X, Y, Z, and they call you and say, we found an amazing way to use this. And, and it, yeah. it happened for us, too, where cleaners are on the message board, and someone says, I need this supply, or I can't get in here, or something's going wrong here. And by the time the manager gets to it, the cleaners have already fixed it. And that to me is like, that's why, you know, technology, it's, it's assisting us. It's not taking over. It's allowing us to say, you know what, I'm not wiping this service right now. I'm actually going to help this person so they can continue. Um, and you look at labor hours and all the rest, like that, that bond um, is so critical. And yeah. people are missing out on it on pen and paper. Oh, yeah. I mean, it data this is a data-driven industry you know like and it helps the clients as much as it helps the business operator so a question that i know a lot of people are going to want to hear is or an answer for is how much more can we test about right how much more technology can we do i know we could probably spend hours talking about this but like what more is there to do you know like gated you know you know, not that you got to share some insight, right? But what, some of the things you guys are thinking about, Mike, you know, things that you guys are thinking about. Why don't you take it first, Kate? Sure. Um, so Clean Intelligent, um, especially in the last probably 18 months, 24 months, um, we've had, I mean, we've spent quite a bit of money in this category of just R&D um, because at the end of the day, and this is how we started. And, and honestly, it just, it isn't the way to run a software company. Um, years ago, it was just whatever the user asked for, you build. And you can't build everything. You can't take on every request. You muck up the database, the code. Um, you lose sight of what you originally were built for uh, from an architecture standpoint. Um, so for us, it was getting back to the fundamentals of research and what needs are we wanting to solve. And then for us, it was looking at what other needs are being solved elsewhere. Like, there's no way I'm going to go build a financial product just for the cleaning industry when <laughs> QuickBooks has nailed financial product for SMB in general. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's yep. that, and, and making sure that they're doing a good job with it, right? Um, and they are. And so, for me, I don't want to spend 
uh, our precious time and resources on something that uh, already works there. Um, but as for us, and I've, and I've had conversations with the both of you about this is um, our ability to get connected um, because we already do it as a business. We probably have 15 some odd softwares that we use to operate our business, right? Mm -hmm. From a technology standpoint, from how we're managing our, our database and our projects and all those things integrate, but that's the software world. It doesn't take so much of management. And as we're such young businesses in the technology space, trying to solve needs for us, it's been the next step of how do we connect to the next 2000 platforms that are going to come in this space over the next five, 10 years, right? Or the other platforms that already exist out there with financial platforms, time tracking platforms, inventory management systems, because all of those technologies are researching that specific job and how to do it well. And so for clean intelligent, it was, Hey, we had to scale back. We had to understand what do we do best and how do we stick to that? How do we innovate on top of that? And number two, how do we connect to the other platforms appropriately within reason uh, that would make sense to connect? And so uh, that's been huge uh, for um, end of 2019 and beginning of 2020 to prep for uh, our system to be that. Now, the unfortunate disadvantage for us is we have 17 years of code, in essence, that we've had to go back through and, and prep for that uh, technology advancement. Because when Clean Intelligent was built, that wasn't even a, a mindset of, hey, one day this is going to need to connect to uh, what people might consider competing products or like-minded products. And uh, so for us, that was our, our number one focus and still um, is, is in development uh, with APIs and connections that are in beta right now. And so for us, that's kind of our, our next big thing is how do we capitalize our product into aspects of businesses and other products that exist out there and increase the efficiency and flow between product communication between one product to another platform. So that's kind of been the biggest thing for us is to eliminate the headache of now what this industry is going to start experiencing with more and more of us uh, trying to create uh, tools for different sources is how do you manage which ones you prefer? Um, because people want the best of the best of everything. And if they're going to get that, they have to package everything together um, and be you know, turning to uh, a company like Salesforce, that there was one piece that Salesforce offered and now Salesforce is such an integrated suite, it's almost industry standard um, that everything has to integrate into Salesforce um, for them to be successful in their business ops. So that's kind of been the, the most immediate short-term vision for Clean Intelligent. As far as the long-term vision for Clean Intelligent, um, something we really spent, like I'd mentioned on research the last 18 to 24 months was something called ODI, which is a, a process, um, call it, uh, it stands for outcome driven innovation. And, uh, that's what we really got super focused on. We actually launched a, uh, a research project the last, uh, four months of last year, um, got a bunch of survey respondents to dive in and it wasn't related to our product. It was just pure industry knowledge across the end users who were, explaining problems from their eyes and uh, that data that we started sifting through back in uh, February. It's just mind blowing. It's fascinating. Some small things. It's fun to go through and be like, wow, like our technology solves a third of the issues that they currently are complaining about. How are we not marketing ourselves or positioning ourselves to be that solution? Um, you know, 
Michael, you, you talked about this of just like people start using your product in ways that you just like, I didn't think it would be used that way. You know, that's, that's been clean intelligent for years of just like, I had no idea what it was ever going to be intended, but it's still a solution. It's still a viable solution. It's not a workaround. It's, it actually works. And so, um, you know, it's building off of those to capitalize on them even more in the future. Nice. 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 Mike, what, what about, uh, what's your thoughts on that? I don't mean you go back and forth on how, just what's possible, but. Yeah. So, I mean, when you look at the cleaning industry, just for a moment, you know, not looking at sweat per se, but the surface is just being scratched. And as we just, we talked about the ISSA, the, the convention is huge. It's a $64 billion industry. And I, I wonder, you know, I, I've thought about this a lot over the years. Are there not a lot of solutions because, you know, people don't care about the industry, they, you know, or, or is it the fact that the people in the industry were not ready? So I, I you know, there are software companies that have come before us, Ricky, and, and probably before Clean Intelligent that have like, yep gone up and gone down and, and clean intelligent, you guys have done a great job at, you know, just like repositioning and like, it's, it, it's amazing. A lot of companies can't do it. Um, but the industry just feels like it's ready now. And so when you take a group that's, that's ready for it, that their customers, you know, the office managers, the facility managers start demanding and saying, like you saw clean intelligent, we've had people put SWEP uh, in proposals and RFPs like, so now your clients are asking for it. Um, you're hearing about your peers, you know, so swept like our clients, we, we, we looked at our data last year, they retained their contracts 91% better than industry standard. Why is that? Well, because they're using, they can get ahead of things. And, and so, and, and I'm guessing that with clean intelligence, it's similar that you guys have your, your, your clients are performing better than their peers because they're advancing. So when I think about technology in the industry as a whole, people are, are more willing to use it. Uh, their clients are demanding it. People like us are, you know, thinking about how we're going to, we're thinking about them as the end user. The surface is just being scratched. It's yeah. like, it's such an exciting time because yep. endless opportunity basically. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think, Katie, you touched on it earlier in the conversation. It's a ecosystem. Right. I think all three of us had said that at one point where I, you know, I'm, I'm always, I'm out there, you know, not coaching or mentoring, but I'm listening and I'm talking to a lot of the, the people in the space and they, they're hungry for some, for these solutions, totally. but, but they want to use everything, right? They want to try to use different things. Oh man, it'd be great if, if I could use this for that, this for that, this, you know, or it'd be great if there was one thing for everything. Right. But if you peel that onion back and you say, well, does one thing have to do everything? You know, can there be an ecosystem or there be a joint effort with solutions that you said it can, right? I, in Rosalotto, I use nine, nine different pieces of softwares. Not that me, myself, but the company. Like, and, sure. we, and, and we, we just have to, and it's easy. And you come and go and you do this. And, and it, but there is some manual processes that get affected by not being able to integrate. So I think that word integration um, is being used a lot and it's and it's people that don't even need to be technical like I'm in a lot of Facebook groups and I hear them talk about integration they'll throw the word Zapier out I'm like oh. I'm like you know what Zapier is yep. <laughs> <laughs> I just found that out six months ago I'm like what the hell so it's yeah. it's coming you guys it's coming right it's it's the future it's we have to be ready we have to gear for it I um, mean it's 
I feel like it's the only way to people to be best at what they do and to be great at what they do instead of being okay at so many different things. Um, but now let's talk about a topic that has been on a lot of people's minds uh, on the cleaning side. Um, you know, we are considered essential services, right? I still say we because, you know, I still have the cleaning business. But how has COVID-19 affected you guys in your day-to-day? -day? Um, how have you pivoted? How have you used the knowledge? You know, I've, I've, Kate and I have seen some intelligent content come out there, you know, talking about it. Like, Mike, what have you guys seen on the SWEP side? Um, even so, you, you too, because you're in Canada, right? So it's like, is it a little different than here in the States? How, how are you guys impacted right now? I mean, most of our client base is U.S. Uh, we have, you know, we're in Canada, uh, but, you know, we've got clients around the world, Europe and Australia and whatnot, but most of it's concentrated in the U.S. Um, you know, from my customer's perspective, the things I'm hearing and, you know, the webinars, um, you know, people were able to balance out their business a lot of times. Um, there's a lot of fear and concern about how long this is going to last, but people are doing disinfectant cleanings, deep cleanings and, and whatnot. They're, um, so people are managing, I think we're managing really well. And from SWEP's perspective, um, you know, we made a few adjustments uh, in our, in our team. And the reason for that is, you know, we're a software company We're we're looking to innovate, drive fast, but there's been so many people over the last number of years that have said, uh, if, you know, software companies go to business, uh, you know, we know it, these things happen. They raise money and they spend it and they go to business, but I'm putting my cleaners, my, you know, my whole operations into your company. You can't go to business. Um, and you know, Ricky, like you swept, if, if we went away overnight, my guess is there'd be a couple issues on Monday morning when you're trying to figure out how to manage your business. So I take that. <laughs> so I take that so seriously. And so what we did was we really positioned, um, we scaled back some of our sales. Um, and, but we're, we're still investing in thought leadership and marketing and, and especially in, in dev and product. And so the whole idea is my focus has shifted to my customers. How can I help them? What do they need? Um, so there's been a lot of outreach and, I think, you know, even as Katie was mentioning, like he, he, he looks back and see, sees the data of what his customers are doing. So it's been a positive in the sense that I've come even closer to my customers. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's something I feel like we literally are all trying to get through together, but we're well positioned to do it. And I think what I keep hearing from people is the opportunity in front of us, both from software providers, the people out in the front lines, like there's a really big opportunity. We're so relevant. Um, yeah. It's that we have to get through this. Um, so, yeah, Caden. So you guys are, you know, when I think of intelligent, I think of quality control. So I gotta believe now more than ever because of COVID nineteen and just cleanliness, quality, service. You, I mean, how is this affecting you guys uh, as a software company, but also yeah, as your customer base? For sure. Um, to start off with our customers, it's it's a, you know. Mike kind of said it is kind of a balancing act between different uh, customers. We look at some customers and it depended on their portfolio of businesses that they served. Um, unfortunately, we had some customers that got slammed and got hit hard. Uh, they went out of business and it's wow. really, really sad. Um, and then we have other customers that their portfolio was diverse and just different things. If they were portfolio focused more on manufacturing side, they doubled their business in the last three weeks. 
because manufacturing needing to stay open and they want bathrooms cleaned 14 times a day. It seems like you know, it's just like as yeah. soon as someone uses it. Um, so it's, it's definitely a balance. Um, as far as clean intelligent, um, we've really tried to focus on making sure our, our customers know that we're here for them. Um, you know, we, and it's, you know, blessing to, to not to have had to make hard decisions with any staff uh, at clean intelligent. It's been really, um, truly, really grateful for, for that. Um, and clean intelligent also survived through, especially as a really young startup, um, the 2008, 2009 era in the United States. Um, and yep. this is, you know, definitely a lot, a lot worse than, than that was. Um, but I feel like in general, as a software provider to the cleaning industry, the cleaning industry is an essential industry. And so um, people have had to rely on uh, our customers staying open and trying the best they can. Um, and it's, it's a great position to be in to be able to help. Um, so we've, we've done things, we have had deals running for uh, new people coming on board of just free or heavily discounted or if customers being like, hey, my whole business just like shut down. I just, I need to cancel. And we we're like, Hey, you got the next three to six months until you're back on your feet. Like we're here for you. Um, so that's, that's kind of how clean intelligence responded. Um, as well as, I mean, there are so many other companies that I wish I could do as much as, uh, some others have done. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, uh, doing all we can to, to support them, uh, to let them know we're here for them, that we love them um and show appreciation for them we did uh do some things on social media uh we started this heroes of clean hashtag that we put a lot of emphasis on um just competitions recognizing cleaners um just trying to to be uh giving the highlight where it's needed and where it should be due so yeah i mean this is definitely the time that and this is what i've been telling everybody too is we were considered essential right so yes this is you know, a black swan event. This is a pandemic. There is, there's no, no really positive way to look at what's going on. But the positivity I can say that, that we can share in the clean spaces, this is our time to shine, right? This is the time for our customers, for, for me as, you know, as, as my family business to, to stay. Uh, now more than ever, we matter, right? You know, I, I would have put ourselves up there with the first responders or the nurses or the cops and, you know, things like that. But we're pretty damn close, right? Like you think about it, we're going into spaces that there's confirmed cases. You're you're decontaminating a confirmed case. Totally. You know, areas. So cleaning businesses now more than ever need to prove the professionalism. Right? Um you guys companies going out of business, that you this is a way to improve, take a step back. People are closed, you know, and what I'm trying to tell people, which I'm sure you guys do, is you know, check diversify your business. This is when you know shit hit the fan and you had too many bucket, too many eggs in one basket or too many things in one bucket. Pick manufacturing, you know, have some residential, have some healthcare, have some hospitality. Like this is an eye-opening, you know, situation, I gotta say. Yeah. yeah. One thing I'll I'll mention, Ricky, you know, for everyone out there who's listening to this, um, your clients are looking to you to be the leader. And that can be a little bit scary. And you know, we've had past webinars and I've asked people in a poll, how many of you have reached out to your clients in the last three or four weeks? And I think it was like 65% said they hadn't. And you know, my, my guess, and I've talked to some people afterwards is that people are scared that they reach out, uh, they don't have the answers. Maybe they're gonna lose their contract. They're scared to, like, but 
you are essential. People need you. And if you don't get out there and talk to your clients, what's going to happen is another cleaning company is going to come up and they're going to tell them about all the wonderful things that they do that you're probably already doing. And they're going to fire you and hire that other company. So it, yep. sometimes it can be a little bit scary to be a leader and stand up. Um, and oftentimes this industry is kind of forgotten and in the background. And so now that the spotlight's on you, it can be a little unnerving, but you know, reach out to, to us, reach out to other people for mentorship, but you have to have those conversations. Um, it's going to really solidify the relationships that you have with your customers. Um, and you know, and then just goes from referrals and everything else. But yeah. now is our time. That's a great, great point where people have to look at, you know, who swept is Clintelligent, route, you know, all the other software companies in our spaces. We use us, right? We, we, we know this space, you know, we've been there. Well, you know, we've been there for a while, Clintelligence for, for many years, Mike, you own the business, right? Is, yep. Don't be afraid to reach out to your software solution, you know, company, to, to, come, to people like us yep. where we can give you, you know, templates, email copies, you know, how to burn, how to, how to word something, you know, how to present it the right way, because you're right that we should be speaking to our customers in this time, right? We should be setting up. I, I love seeing all this reopening programs, right? Cause yep. that's exactly what it is, is you're, you're getting your client ready. They're reaching out to you, you know, they're like, you know, are we safe to open? What should we do? What's the extra cleaning test? Like put it together, put a program together. I'm sure each one of you guys, have a template or a presentation you can say here slap your yep. name on it go ahead use it yep you know it's that's what we're here for is not just totally. software solutions but but industry related solutions for sure totally so another another topic i wanted to touch on you know this is some great stuff guys i hope you guys love that I mean, this is some meat no, this right been, now. This meat and awesome. potatoes so yep. think about let's think about the small business owner right um, this is, like I said, this is a time that these, that these people can be thinking of, all right, how do I, how do I fix my operations? How do I fix my processes? Um, how do I get back to the drawing board? What should I improve? Well, software solutions are one of those ways that you can improve, but it could be overwhelming, right? You see people that, you know, you could use Slack for this, you use Sweat for this, you use Route for this, you use Intelligent for this. What, what's a proper way you guys think a, let's just say a 10 employee company as the main owner who has to wear all the hats, how should they implement technology? Like, what are the steps they should look at? Um, you know, a general outlook on how should somebody implement software and how should they determine what is a good solution or not? You know, Mike, you want to start with that? Yeah, I I'll answer this, and it might be a little bit roundabout, but <clears throat> so much of it comes down to mindset because at the end of the day, if the software that you're trying to use is too complicated for you you should probably abandon it um, because it has to be easy for you. So um, what we've seen is that what we call like a customer journey. They become aware of the need to use software. They come in and they try it and they go through. And what happens so often is people go from, you know, being a little scared, not really sure if they're comfortable using it to all of a sudden they get that aha moment. As I mentioned earlier, when they experience innovation, they experience some positive of it. So getting them from being concerned to that, that feeling of like, I've got success is, is key. But what's so fascinating in this industry, because it's so far behind, is that once they get there, they go another three months, nine months, 12 months, and then all of a sudden they become experts. And they say, you should have this feature. You should do this, do that. And I think <laughs> a year ago, you found me on pen and paper. 
and uh, you know, and you had no concept of this at all. But it, it's I always appreciate that, and I, I joke about it because I'm sure you guys deal with this like the feature request mm -hmm. thing. Um, and Caden, you mentioned earlier, you can't build everything people want. But at the end of the day, it's so wonderful. So, you know, getting back to your direct question, Ricky, like what should they do? They have to be willing to say, this is the wave of the future and I want to be part of it. Like that one thing, because when you're demoing someone, you're talking to someone and they're, they're still doubting it or they're scared. So their defense mechanism is like, well, we've done it like this for years. I don't think we need this. That, they're dead in the water, man. They need to say, you know what? I don't know how to do this. And I'm terrified, but my clients want it. So I'm going to figure it out because they have, if you have the capacity to run the business, you can figure out technology. Um, it's, it's okay to be scared. Maybe is the thing like, and we've got people who drive into it and are fine. We've got other people who come in timid, but it's, I find the people who say that, you know, you know, we tried it and uh, you know, we're going to leave. It's been three months. We haven't had any value. And you look and they haven't signed in once. Oh. That's like, that's like buying a gym membership and expecting abs and sitting home and eating pizza. <laughs> like, I don't care if you eat pizza. Don't buy a gym membership and complain it didn't work, right? Uh, and, yeah. yeah. That's the truth. Can't that's my take on it, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, very much similar. At the end of the day, if people don't know what they want and they just want technology because they're told to have it, I can guarantee you already know what their future looks like using technology. It's not going to work yep. because technology in and of itself as a solution, if someone's like, Hey, I'm supposed to do inspections. You know how many clients have called it? Not clients, potential clients have called and be like, damn, clean intelligence is, is in this RFP. And I have no clue what you guys are, but I have to get you because I can't win this bid without you. And you know, honestly, there's, there's a part of me. I'm like, well, I actually don't want you as a client because they're, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say that straight off the bat, but there's a, there's a level of who they are as a business is they aren't looking for it. And so mm -hmm. I hate to, you know, lead you into this vision that it's going to solve all your problems because it has to be initiated by you. Yeah. And so there's that, there's that thing I'll tell a client and be like, well, what's your, what are you wanting to accomplish? I don't know. We need to do inspections. And I'm just like, Hey, we're here to help you. Um, but you need to build a quality control program not do inspections. Doing inspections doesn't mean you have a quality control program. And so, you know, our approach to quality control is very much a customized approach because every single one of their clients are very different from one another and they're demanding things and they want it their way. And so they're trying to accommodate to their client. And so, you know, we tell them like, Hey, you guys need to be in this for the long haul because it is not a just click of a button. And all of a sudden you, I could be doing inspections in five minutes. I've never used my platform before. But that's not the purpose of quality control is you have to have a strategy. What are you trying to get out of it? What data is important to the client? Um, because a true proactive approach means you have to know the client so intimately that uh, it's just hands down the best thing that a client knows that you're being taken care of because they know exactly what you're trying to look for, always watch out for, be special attention given on conference room versus bathrooms, what bugs the client. Maybe the client has a pet peeve for paper clips in the bathroom for some reason. Like you want to be, be able to set up a program that is making sure to track all the things that are important to your client, not necessarily you as a business. Now you're there as a business to educate them on what should be important, what should be best practices, but that's what we look for in a client. That's what you should be thinking about and be open at the end of the day. We are technology providers who have built our businesses from the cleaning industry We've gone through these processes, but you know, the biggest thing in the back of all of our wallets 
is the fact that we have an entire client base that we've helped accomplish this. And when we're talking to a singular client, that's one process. We can go back and look through our experience and be like, I got 45 clients in this case study group that did the exact same thing. And you can, you know, they want to hear that and it should be provided. So, so Ken, are you telling me that they shouldn't just check yes, that everything is perfect in an inspection? <laughs> if you do every inspection with 100%, you don't have a good quality control program. Oh, I'll tell you what, that's so funny you guys just say that. Cause my, so, so a quick story here is, I was that person, Caden, right? So yep. I, and we had this conversation, right? Where yeah. uh, like four years ago, this is even before I used Sweat Mike, is Clue Intelligent was one of the first softwares that I was looking at. And I was like, oh, yeah. I need to have this, right? I own a cleaning company. Um, I got to do inspections. Uh, I got to, I have to purchase it. Purchased it, didn't use it for two months. Uh, but I was wearing the accounting hat. I was wearing the sales hat. I was I was wearing all the hats of the business. So more than ever, people that are listening that are small business owners, like you guys nailed it where somebody needs to own it. You know, if, if you're not owning that solution for that moment, if, if, if quality control is not your job for the next six months, you don't buy a software. If you're not trying to track time and attendance for the next six months, don't use the time and attendance app. You know, like that is the biggest thing where People need to own it. Swept worked out for us because I had a guy that just owned it. Started it, took it on, ran it. Um, I'm using Monday right now. I have somebody literally owning Monday and running it and doing it. It's like if, if you're going to subscribe to a solution and then never clock in and use it or never, like you said, uh, three months later, just cancel, that's not that's not a solution for you, right? Right now, we, we have a quality control director. She told me, I want to use Clean Intelligent, right? So, because it's, she's that role, she's that person who's going to take it on, right? So I feel like, just be slow and patient. Like, think about the things that you need as a small business owner. If it's, if it's accounting, then okay, start with QuickBooks first. You know, yep. then you need payroll. So then start with time and attendance. Then you need to start inspecting, like. One thing I'll, I'll share as well. Kind of one thing I'll share for business owners is sometimes it's, it's really challenging to balance your time. You're always putting out fires and I have a business coach and, and he shared what he calls the entrepreneurial uh, time card. Uh, and so you have $10 an hour tasks and you have a hundred dollar, 500 and 5,000, 5,000 is the, the strategic time that, you know, you might get a couple hours uh, a week, depending if you're, if you're really good, you're spending a full day on those hours. Um, but what happens with the cleaning business, I find it's so reactive. They spend most of their time, and I know I, did, I was so guilty of this when I owned my cleaning company. Cleaner messages me, they ran out of garbage bags, they ran out of something. I stop what I'm doing, go down the road, drop things off. That was a, that was a $10 an hour task, like a minimum wage task. There's nothing wrong with doing it, but if you own the business, you need other people to do those things for you. So that if like yep. software and implementing that, that is kind of like a $5,000 hour task to come up with a thought, as Kate said, what do we need? What are we solving for? What pain do we have? And then the implementation is, is not $10. It's maybe like a hundred dollar hour, but there's has to be someone who owns it, but you have the strategic side and you have the very tactical. And this industry unfortunately suffers with people so tactical, they can't get out of their own way. And they'll never, you know, you talk to people who are still cleaning after years and years, they're still the person who goes in. And I remember when I got out of cleaning and I have lots of clients who have gotten out of the cleaning themselves, it is, 
an amazing feeling, but it's not magic, right? It's mindset like Ricky, like it, yep. it's, it's people like you who've said, you know what, there is a better way and I'm going to invest in that. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, that's, you guys, yeah, that's, that's the truth, man. That's why I feel like there's such a fragmented market is because a lot of these people are, are stuck in that position of having to do the cleaning because they want to control everything. Again, I was guilty of that, but this is why I'm excited to talk to guys like you and, and other similar solutions like us in, in this space is we are paving the way for everybody to, to delegate better, right? To, yeah, totally. a, to, a, to appoint some of these departments with certain solutions and softwares to make their job better and be able to trust somebody to do that. Cause it's all about trust as a business owner. Totally. You know, I, I still sometimes stick my head into certain topics and they're like, Oh, you're not a part of this conversation. I'm like, why well, own the company? What do you mean? I <laughs> like no, yeah. Rick, you butt in. You're coming in, not understanding what we've done the last three months and the process yeah. we've replaced. So it is you got to give a little, right? It's this is not a get rich quick industry. It's a it's a legacy industry, you know. So like, take the proper steps to build this. Totally. Yeah. You know, the other okay. thing is we talked earlier. The software is a tool. Every yeah. one of our software, it, it's absolutely useless to buy swept clean intelligent route if you're going to just sit it on the shelf and do nothing with it. It's not gonna, if there's no silver bullet, you have to put in the work. And I think you wanna find a partner, you know, like us, who wants to get you there. If, if they wanna take your money every month and not take your phone call, that might be a warning signal. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so guys, so it's, it's been a little bit over an hour, I could keep going, but I did wanna end with a couple, couple of good points, one funny, um, but before the funny one is, if you guys could give a tip for the, for a small business owner, either wanting to grow or just just starting into the business, uh, you know, Katie, we'll start with you. What would you say? You know, it could be business, it could be technology, it could be just you know them as a as a person. What what's a tip you would give them here in two thousand twenty? Um, you know, I've actually not only to my my own employees, myself, um, and the businesses I've consulted with. Um, at the end of the day, uh, get out of your head. Like there, there's a solution for everything out there. It seems like someone has built a process, whether it's manual pen and paper, whatever it is, technology, um, it can be overwhelming. And for me personally, uh, I am, I'm very concerned about the mental health of an entrepreneur. Um, I unfortunately have been close to, uh, some really close individuals who are no longer on this earth because they, they burn themselves out and um, it's sad. And in this industry, I've, I've had some really close relationships with good friends that they are burning themselves out and technology is here to help. There are people specifically human to human relationships that are here to help. And that is the most important thing at the end of the day. You could have a client chew you out for missing something, whatever it is, but um, that person doesn't own you and you'll always bounce back. You don't have to be perfect. Um, and, I, and I wish more uh, people, in the industry, people in this industry are dealing with some pretty garbage stuff. Yeah. You know, People yell at them all day long, maybe look at them a little low life because they don't have this huge career in, in high towers. And that, that really bugs me. Um, but at the same time, um, trying to spread a little bit of light 
you know, to, to those who work in this industry. Uh, I think that's the one positive that hopefully comes out of this pandemic is the realization of how important these individuals are and that they're human beings that are just as valuable as the next human being next to you. So just remember who you are and uh, remember that uh, your life isn't meant to be a business. It's meant to be lived freely. So. Man, drop the mic right now. I can't even get it. Damn. I got tired of all that. Oh, Jesus. Christ, God. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what a guy. He knew. He's like, I'm going to slide this in at the end and everything. There. Michael, Michael can't follow up on that. Um, so I, I, I totally agree. Mindset. So I'm going to take a different path because I, you know, I just don't want to try to follow this. You did a great job and I, I totally agree. No worries. Um, a tip for a, a small business getting into it and getting things moving. I'll say when I was growing my business, we cleaned uh, daycares. Uh, we cleaned dentist office. So whatever, take a look, maybe it's your first contract, maybe you have a few what do you know that's really uh, special about that, that maybe unique that nobody else knows? So I started cold calling daycares and saying, hey, uh, we're a cleaning company. You know, we're interested in looking at your space. We love cleaning the tiny toilets because daycares have little tiny toilets for the kids. And they would go, oh, you must know my space. <laughs> so once you win a contract in a certain space, then go to all of their competitors and, and, you know, then you can, so that's a way to quickly grow. You're relevant, right? You're trying to call them. And if you call every generic place and try to say to your cleaning company, it's like, well, I don't care. Cleaning companies call me every week, but if you know something special because you've cleaned the space similar to that, that's a really nice in. Um, so take a look at your contracts and see what else can you, can you do? Awesome. Okay. I mean, that's Canon. That was great, empowering, right? Mike, that's insightful, right? That's that's a piece of, of information that I actually share the same thing as far as uh, relevancy, because you start to feel the comfort of the client on the other end when they say, oh man, this guy knows my space, holy cow. Like my, a lot of the, the my team trust. members, a lot of my team members are like, Rick, how do you know things in your head? Like. How do you how do you remember the account from four years ago that you walked through and you because I cleaned it because I've been there I know what I know what it is right yeah um, but Kaden back to the empowering part like this is why I did this this is why I put us together um, this is why I do what I do too and I know you guys do it too is it I've been there where I you know I've been disrespected looked down upon you know the the, the people didn't know I was the owner of the company sweeping the floor right after they you know had a big party. Yep when they talk to you and just treat you as a low income wage, low blue collar position, right? Yeah. Little do they know that I probably make more money than them in some cases, but it's <laughs> like, I mean, it is a lucrative business. If you do it right, if you, you know, if you approach it very professionally, if you, if you talk to people like you guys, if you reach out for help, you know, like this is a great, great, I mean, it's probably one of the best episodes I've ever been a part of as far as how much rich context we've we've given not only to each other because I, I learned a lot just being on this with you guys too um but it's this is thank you guys you know I really do appreciate you guys being a part of this because again I don't see too many people doing this within our you know industry um but I think it, yeah. this is where this is where it counts it's it's not for us it's for the small business community um but I did want to end with something funny right like let's let's talk about especially mike i know you're gonna have some stuff too but katie what what's a funny story 
Maybe it doesn't have to be just in the cleaning industry, just in life in general. You know, people love yeah. to laugh. Give us something that, that's going to make us laugh. Well, I'll share one that, you know, has been a common funny story that we actually share uh, as clean tellians, that's what we call ourselves. But um, um, it, it often comes up in just uh, sales pitches, just, you know, breaking the ice a little bit, because it's a funny story that happened to early on clientele. This must have been years ago. Um, so we have a, a feature in Clean Intelligent where you can scan a QR code. Um, they're meant to be anonymous to gather open-ended uh, source feedback from all your facilities. Um, so instead of your cleaners looking out for your facilities, just the entire public. And it's uh, mostly relevant in massive facilities. You're talking airports, stadiums. Um, you wouldn't put it at like small office buildings or things like that. But I mean, you could. But um, anyway, so we had a client tell us one time that at an airport, they put they, they coded every single QR code to every single stall of every single bathroom throughout the entire airport. And they were on the back of the stall. And the idea was that uh, every single stall, if something was wrong with the stall, whether it be a toilet or the toilet paper's out, like all eyes on deck kind of mindset um, of using the public as their eyes of knowing when things are wrong. And uh, again, this was early on. So uh, they launched it and uh, they weren't sure how applicable it was going to be if people would actually use it. Um, surprising enough, especially in today's day and age, a lot of people are on their phones while using the toilet. And so um, someone ended up scanning the QR code in that stall because the stall had ran out of toilet paper. And uh, two minutes later, their day porter team came in and handed toilet paper underneath the, the stall door. This is the funniest oh story that uh, it's just something very real. Um, they, you know, it wasn't just our software that helped accomplish, but it was just the idea that they used that That's moment. To, that <laughs> living they, they knew, yeah, they knew exactly which stall it was because every QR code is coded to, to which stall and number. So, yeah, you know, it's just, it's a funny small thing that we told the story for probably six years now is the first time I heard the client say it. So as a rule of thumb is never sit down without checking the toilet paper. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Mike, what about you? Um, funny story. Um, I have two. One's very short. When I was cleaning uh, very early days and we were doing house cleaning and also uh, office cleaning, I showed up to someone's house. And I mean, I'm a six foot five guy, right? And I've got, you know, the vacuum. I've got all the gear. And the woman opens the door and then slams it and locks the door. And she opens the window and says, I'm sorry. I'm going to call the owner. We're going to send someone else. I'm, you know, I'm an elderly lady. I don't want, you know, and I was like, I actually am the owner. And she's like, oh, sorry, <laughs> but it was so funny. And I couldn't believe how many times people did not want me to enter their home. And I, again, I'm like, my wife says, well, you're six foot five. You're like, you're intimidating. I'm like, I'm not intimidating. Like, um, so that was a really funny thing. Like I'm not getting into people's homes to, to do the job. And um, the other one is, uh, it was a funny story was we had our holiday party just before we launched swap, just the cleaning company. Um, and we pulled everyone together and we were having dinner and I realized people sat down and they'd say, you're Deborah, you're, you're Harry. Cause we had an internal system, which was swept. And it was so funny because people were like, Oh, I thought Joey was 80 years old. And I watched my team interact in a way they knew each other's names. They knew what jobs they worked at. They knew all of this information about each other. They worked collaboratively, but never actually met. 
And it was so funny, um, you know, to see people interact in this. It was kind of like, again, it's like kind of like the future. They're like, you've built relationships with someone. They've covered your shift. They've done all these things. And you thought they were 80 and it's a 22 year old person. And it was, it was a hilarious thing is, you know, to, to think about how, how much our lives have changed with technology. Um, but yeah, that's yeah. one thing that comes to my mind of just seeing that experience. Nice, nice. Well, guys, it's been a pleasure. Uh, I appreciate the Absolutely. time. I mean, we, we definitely spend quite, quite a bit of time. I always like to end with uh, not even just the company itself, but, you know, because it's going to be easy to find you guys. We're going to, you know, we'll tag it on, on, on the podcast. But I, I say even if you guys are out for it, give your, your Instagram or LinkedIn, you know, hashtag as you guys as a personal, as a person, right? Like yep. people sometimes yep. like to ask us questions. Like, you know, Mike, what's your, what's your Instagram? Katie, what's your Instagram? If you guys use that or Facebook, just give, give the audience one. So they know, you know, who the faces of, of the companies that they're listening to. The best way to find me is on LinkedIn, Michael Brown. Now it's the most generic, boring name. I apologize. But if you write <laughs> Michael Brown swept, there's only one. Um, and send a message. If there's anything I can do in terms of connecting you with some of the industry, helping mentoring, I'm constantly connecting with people and I love it. It's kind of really the best part of the job. Um, so yeah, please reach out. If I can help, I definitely will. Yeah, for sure. Uh, same thing. Caden Hutchins on LinkedIn. And that's where a lot of people interact with me. Uh, you could also find me on uh, Facebook, Twitter, um, uh, Instagram as well, but uh, definitely from the, the advice, uh, consulted, consultative, the background, uh, LinkedIn is going to be the best, uh, there for me. And, uh, I'm always here to, to help answer questions. Uh, I'm doing it all the time. I love it. Um, or if you just need, you know, if you need someone to vent to, you know, just, I'm here as a listening ear as well. So. Awesome. Well, thank you guys. Uh, thank you everybody out there for listening. Uh, again, we're calling this episode, uh, cleaning tech and it's cleaning and cocktails here, guys. Thank you again. I bring it up to cheers. Cheers, cheers, cheers. What's up? What's up? <laughs> it's cleaning with cocktails. You gotta let me plug my cousin who Do has <laughs> mezcal. Do it. Do it. Okay. So if you enjoy mezcal, maybe you've never tried it, check it out. She's from Mexico. This is so authentic. You might even not be able to order it, but check it out online. Okay. This <laughs> family business, right? Send, 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 yep. send me send me the Instagram. I'm gonna post it. I'm gonna get you guys <laughs> get you some sales. Awesome. Well, thank you guys. I appreciate it. Uh, everybody will be, you know, hearing more and more about us, you know, uh, and look forward to seeing you guys in person. Alrighty. All right, guys. Thanks, guys. We'll see you. Take care, everyone.